Welcome to Disruption Now. I'm your host and moderator, Rob Richardson. I'm Carlton Washington. So we are honored to bring you a special edition of Disruption Now, sponsored by Forever Young, an anti-aging solution company that really helps you live your best life for as long as you can. And uh, honored to have my man, he's the founder here, Carlton Washington. One of the founders. One of the founders, yes. Humble guy. Uh, and has done a lot in the last, it's been five years, right? Yeah. To help transform that company. He's been a, it's been an inspiration. I've known him since college. Uh, make sure you check it out uh, because we all need to stay healthy, stay young as long as possible because a lot of that is a mentality. You don't have to have invasive surgery. They can help you live your best life with the best solutions that they have. So I want to thank you, Carlton, thank for allowing you. this opportunity yeah. for us and thank, thank Forever Young Anti-Aging Solution. You can go on there find more about them. They're in Florida, but they're coming all around the country, I guarantee it, because I know this man. So, but we're honored. We are excited today to have your main man, Eric Thomas, ET, as he goes by uh, online. He's been around motivating people for a very long time. Uh, his story is really inspirational. He's come, he comes from uh, humble beginnings. He's actually, he's been from, he's gone from being homeless to being one of the most successful, uh, you know, motivational speakers ever. I believe he's the number one uh, motivational speaker right now online. And uh, if you've ever seen anything about him, you can't help but be motivated. You can't help but get excited. You can't help but be inspired. So, Eric Thomas, I want to say it's a pleasure to have you on. Hey, brother, it's good to see you for the yeah. first time. Yeah. This guy multiple times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, like, I know you, you started off as a preacher. You still are a preacher, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That's who you are at your heart. Yeah. Um, you know, you speak a lot about people being motivated and that motivation being connected to your faith. I had a deep conversation with this brother named uh, Michael Bennett, and we were just talking about God, talking about success and what that means. And I explained to him, so uh, I've been involved in public service, or that was one of my aspirations. Yeah. Uh, long story bearable, things didn't, the path is not linear. You know, I outworked my opponent, did all this stuff, still came up short. And I told him, I, you know, I, I believed I was following, and still believed I, I was following God's path. So I was kind of confused afterwards when this happened. And the advice he gave me, he said, look, Rob, um, your faith and your prayers can't always be tied to the outcome. Because I never heard it said that way. How do you guide people as a, as a preacher when things, when you see like, okay, you believe you're going down the right path, you're doing all the right things, and it still doesn't happen the way you envision and you still feel like you were on, you were on God's plan. What are your advice? What's your advice to people like that? Because I'm sure you hear that they say, you know, past Pastor Thomas, like yeah. I did everything, I yeah. did my part, yeah. and I'm still not seeing the seeds of what I planted. Yeah. What, what, what do you say to folks when they well, when they when they had? I'm sure people had yeah. that question. Yeah. Well, first of all, I tell them it's God's plan, not your plan. <laughs> <laughs> so if it's God's plan, you don't know what the plan is. Right. So you need to focus on the process. The process is what you can control. You can't control the outcome. You're not God. Right. So it's God's plan. God knows what He wants to do in you. So what you have to do is not lose faith. Here's what I tell people. You lose because you quit. You don't lose because you lost. You lost because you quit. You gave up. You didn't see what you wanted to see. So you just threw in a towel. But if you kept going, you would wake up one day the number one motivational speaker in the world. So right. I just never quit. Yep. So nothing looked like I thought it should look like. I mean, <laughs> I, I, my path of success didn't look like homeless. Didn't look like 12 years to get a four year degree. It didn't look like that. It looked like the NFL. Like I never tell this story, but I thought I was going to the league. Even though I didn't go to school like I was supposed to, I still thought I was going to be the next <laughs> Tony Dorsett. Right. Like, that was my goal. My son, same thing. He wanted to play football, broke his femur. Like our whole life, we wanted to go. I got a brother that I didn't even grow up with that I found out, you know, wanted to play in the Army football. Like football was my thing, but I right. didn't go to football. It didn't work. 
So that wasn't my plan and God's plan wasn't the same plan. But here's what I can say, because I never quit and gave up. Man, I think I like God's plan more than the plan that I have for myself. Because <laughs> even if I play football, yeah. let's talk about it. What? Football is brutal. You don't play football till you're 40. Right. You don't no. play football till you're 45. Football, you might like 30-something. Right. right. I'm a motivational speaker. God's plan is way sweeter. How long can I do this? <laughs> exactly. I can do this for a long, long time. Like yeah. forever. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can do this forever as long as I live. You know, so... I really am grateful for God's plan because God's plan was way sweeter than my plan. Yep. Yeah. How did you stay in that moment, though? Take me back to that moment yeah. when you're think about whatever, whatever you can think of yeah. one of your lowest moments, because people, yeah. someone might be in that moment right now Absolutely. thinking like, man, like whatever that is for them. And they, and they feel like they're having that block because I, you don't lose. the, You shouldn't lose the faith. Yeah. But was there ever a time when you ever questioned it? Yeah, I was homeless. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. homeless. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I questioned it when I was homeless, but here's the deal. Here, right. Here's what I always tell myself. If you give up in your worst state, then this is where you'll be in history. So if I would have gave up at 17 years old in a homeless band building, like, E, this is going to be your legacy. Right. Homeless. That's what people going to talk about forever. You were homeless and you committed suicide. You weak. You, right. you were homeless and you just gave up. But if you keep going, get something for all this pain. Like, I've been through a lot. And, right. and and I'm number one motivated speaker in the world because of my experiences, right. not because I'm the best speaker, right. but my experience and what I've gone through. So when you look at other guys, people respect me because it's like, okay, if this dude went from all the way there and came here, right. then I can do the same thing. So I'm not a better speaker than Tony Robbins. I'm not a better speaker than Les Brown. I think what people, when they say I'm number one, they saying from where you came from and how far you came back is what they're saying. Yep. So here's what I tell people, you already in pain. Yeah. You already going through it. Get a reward from it. Right, yep. Like, don't quit right now. Like, if you quit right now, this is all you're going to get. But if you keep going one day, you can take your story and make millions from the fact right. that your father wasn't in your life. Right. From the fact that you were homeless. From the fact it took you 12 years to get a four-year degree. So yep. my thing is, don't waste all of this energy and all this time crying and moaning. Get something for your pain. Yep. I mean, it's it's... One of the sayings is you measure a person's success not by how far they've come, but the obstacles and the struggles Absolutely. they had to overcome to get to there. To get there. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Very Carlton. cool. Um, Eric, one thing I hear you talk about a lot is uh, is uh, being free yeah. and authenticity. Uh, yeah. Personally, uh, I went into business to experience some freedom at some yeah. point in my life. Yeah. But as a, uh, a minority in not only my my, uh, my area where I reside, but also within my industry, I, I've also find in talking to some of my peers, um, you know, in, in the corporate environment as well, uh, being free and authentic isn't always highly recommended. Um, a no lot question. of the time, I find myself <laughs> no um, either either being advised not to say or do certain things, or being or, or having to second guess the things that come natural to me, the, the actual um, true convictions, Absolutely. thoughts, and beliefs that I have. And so, my question to you is: um, I know you speak about this a lot. I know personally that's my main goal, but I, honestly, I, I, I end up curtailing that a lot. And I know a lot of my friends who are in the same situation do as well. Do you think that you should one should be true all the time no matter what? Or do you think it could also be like Dave Chappelle said sometimes where keeping it real goes wrong? Absolutely. You know, <laughs> no question. Yeah, no question. Here, here, here's, and I'm, I'm glad you asked. Nobody's ever asked me that before. Uh, because it's a struggle we have, right? When you are yeah. when, when you are in another environment trying to be successful, that's not necessarily home court advantage. Right. Like, you right. know what I'm right. Home court right. advantage. But here's what I tell people, the thing I've noticed about this country is the more value you add and the more talented you are, the more you can get away with. Yep. Which is why I push extreme execution. 
I've noticed that there are people who, um, and again, I, this, I don't say this with any disrespect, um, but when you see athletes who've gotten in trouble for, you know, sexual assault or whatever, they are, you know, at the top of their game, they go through the law process, the legal process a little different. Right. No, it's true. Than the kid on the block who's gone through the exact same experience, right? Why? Because maybe they've won a championship, you know, maybe they are, um, you know, great business people, whatever. The, the access they have to a certain legal counsel, just whatever, it's different. So what, I'm, what I've learned is the, the more you execute, the higher you are in whatever your craft is, the more value you add, you, you have some leniency that others don't have. Yeah. So, so I'm not saying right, wrong, or indifferent. Right. I've just noticed that in this country, when you can produce and you can add value, you have a little, you have a little bit more say you have a little bit more skin in the game, okay. you know? So my thing is, yeah, I would, I would temper it. Like if you feel like you're good, then only do what the good can do. You feel like you're great, <laughs> do what the great can do. Okay. If you're phenomenal, then you got a little bit more. You know what I'm just yeah, saying? Yeah, but you got to be self-aware you, you, you have to be self-aware. And, yeah. and, you know, there's, you a, there's, there's, self-aware. A, there's a saying in, in one of Robert Greene's books, Mastery, he said, you know, speak through your work, not through your arguments. That's so, right. so sometimes, look, yeah. your work speaks. You that's it, that's you, good. You don't even have to speak, it that's just it. says, look, yeah. my work speaks. Yeah. And, and, and it is, a, but it is, a, it, it is a, a fine balance. It is. You know, and I, I've learned as I've gotten older, you know, it's where this is the community I love, but this is the community that's paying for me to be with the community that yeah. I love. Right, right, right. Yeah, you know, yeah so no, man, no, I get it. My, my good friend always says to me in the morning, because sometimes I have to be walked off the edge, man. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, man, are you an activist or a business person? Yeah. And he's like, that'll yeah. answer your question most of the yeah. time. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I actually think it goes to something, and like, it goes to like that speaking through your work, not through your arguments, and, and, and mastering really emotion. Yeah. Because what, mm. you know, speaking just about the community, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, because of things we've been through, because Absolutely. of the trauma, sometimes we project things that are not there. Yeah. Sometimes they are there. Absolutely. And the question isn't if it's there or not, racism exists. Yeah. Racism is here. No systemic racism is all no here. Question. But how do you react in that moment? How can you best advance for yourself and your family and for the things you're trying to fight for? Is the reaction to just go straight and just go for a straight punch? Or is it just a come jab, back? Jab, jab. Jab, jab, yeah, yeah, come back. No, and that's real because I <laughs> right. get, in, I, I get, you know, people who are on different spectrums that be like, E, what do you, you know, and I'm like, bruh, look at my work and you'll know what I believe. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. you, you know, E, you weren't at the, um, you weren't at the rally the other day. We was all at the <laughs> rally. I was like, no, I wasn't at the rally, but while you were at the rally, I was at the boys' detention home. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? I was with the foster kids, you know, from our community. You know what I'm saying? I was at the worst school in New Orleans speaking to these kids. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I, we both, care but the way we go about doing the work exactly. that we do is a little different so am i not am i not a part of our community or am i not you know a believer in the in the in the fight because i wasn't at the rally yep. you know what i'm saying but i was at the school training you was right. at the rally like walking with the sign right, 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 i was right, actually right, right. for me i was actually putting <laughs> right. in work with the people that you are so you're going after the people that do the laws i'm going after the kids that's getting in trouble right. and yeah. i'm trying to get them before they get there and then you get them so to me it's a- like everybody yeah, plays their part absolutely and we gotta also not not say everybody has to be an activist. Everybody Absolutely. shouldn't be an activist, by yeah. the way, because yeah. some people have no business being an activist because yeah. they might do harm to Absolutely. the cause. Uh, but, you know, we shouldn't discount the protests, and I know you don't do that. No, not at all. But but everybody plays a different role at a different time. And, right. and then it's also understanding power yeah. and how things work. So at the University of Cincinnati, as I told you, I was chairman of the board. And during that time, there was a, there was a shooting by one of our officers mm-hmm. of an African-American man. And mm-hmm. so, you know, 
long story bearable, you know, I, I when I became chair, I, I really worked to reform the police system. We had to fire the, the police chief, the assistant police chief, just really do a whole change. Uh, you know, but some, some people still were very frustrated, and I really get it. But I told some folks, some people wouldn't be satisfied unless I Absolutely. unless I got on top of the table, put right. on a leather fist, right. said like that. But that wouldn't have, right. but that wouldn't have got the officers Absolutely. fired. That wouldn't have changed the culture. Absolutely. So it's understanding that you know when you're at the table, there's ways to do things too. Absolutely. And and, and sometimes we got to have like some trust. Like I said, like your process over the years, yes. you've been doing this for yeah. decades. Absolutely. So I, how how someone questions that you don't have the interest of the community in mind yeah. is. Yeah. You know, quite incredible. Yeah. Well, and again, but to your point, they don't even know that I've been doing this. Correct. Because you know, people look at YouTube and like, he started with YouTube. I was like, yeah. bro, yeah. I started way before YouTube yep. and it just didn't get chronicled because we had VHS. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and we did, it was no way to put that up on. Well, I mean, we didn't have a forum to put it up, but I've been in the, I've been in the struggle and in the work for quite a long time. Yeah. Yeah. You had uh, in your book, The Secret to Success, you talk about relationships yeah. and how important they are. You say relationships are never neutral. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Um, you either depositing or withdrawing. You know, and some people unfortunately do a lot of withdrawing. And in a real society, that's overdrafting, and they go take your privileges. Yep. Right. The bank will take your privileges. And I just to think a lot of people think that they're neutral. It's not. It's either I'm pouring into you and you're pouring into me. I'm depositing, you're depositing, or I'm depositing, and you withdrawing. Yeah. You know, or vice versa. So I think it was Stephen Covey would. You know, the goal is win-win. Yeah. And I think a lot of people go into relationships just taken. Yep. And they end up exhausting the relationship. You know, they end up destroying the relationship and then wondering what happened to the relationship. Well, you ha you you are what happened to the relationship. Yep. You know, and so when I get into relationships, I value them more than currency. I don't know what happens in this country, but in this country, it appears that people believe money is the highest currency. And it's, it's not. not. You know, it, is it a currency? Yes. Yeah. But money, money can't pay for certain things. Like they could pay for rent, pay for gas, pay for electricity. But when my, my wife got MS, she needed me more to be at the hospital with her than she needed anything else. Right. You know, I'm like, I couldn't take my money and put it on top of her right. and just cure her. And I couldn't yeah. pay for a better physician, absolutely. Right. But she still needed somebody to be present, somebody to hold her hand, somebody absolutely. to drive her back and forth. So that currency was just as important. My mother-in-law never been married. My wife's her only child. My wife had to work. So I would take her sometimes to chemotherapy and just sitting there with her and praying with her and like reading stories to her and then taking her home afterwards and feeding her. Right. Like that's way more important than money. And, and I, I saw something that happened in my relationship. I actually saw me working and you know paying my wife for different things, buying purses was good. But when I took care of her mom, I saw our relationship go to a whole other level. Right. In a way that it didn't go when I was just paying bills. Right. Because the person that was most important to her, I valued her mother as if it was my mother, and I just saw that take our relationship to the next level. So I just believe relationships, they're not the only currency, but I believe that they're higher in value than we want to give credit to sometimes. Well, I would argue that relationships are the highest currency. Yeah, yeah. And so how we, as we talked about earlier, going back, if, you, if your relationship with God is tied to the outcome of the prayer, yeah. That's that's a transaction yeah, relationship. Right, that's not, right, that's not, not that's yeah, not faith. Not, yeah, that's that's yeah, transaction. Yeah, yeah. I would say the same thing with your marriage or anything else. If it's only about mm. if it's only about quid pro quo, I would say it's not even about the all, always yeah. depositing, always taking. It's about like is the relationship there? Is it a more of a covenant than a contract? Absolutely. Where you two are, yeah. if you understand, like some, sometimes you are just giving yeah. because you need like when your wife is sick. Most of the time you just got to give. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Right. Yeah. And, and but that's what a relationship is. Yeah. Relationship is not based upon just just the transaction Absolutely. what you can do for me yeah. 
and, I, and I'm sure you've seen that a lot oh, as, no you, as, as you move up, yeah. people probably just come to you and just say, what can you do for me? Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And there's never any. Yeah, and I, and I think here's the other bigger challenge is not just people look at me as what you can do for me. I think people sometimes devalue what they can do for you because we live in such a money driven right. society. Yeah. So they don't yeah. really see what they have as valuable. Right. Yep. So they wouldn't go. I had a guy say something to me um, yesterday, um, Mustafa, he works with us. And Mustafa said, um, hey, Mike, <laughs> Mustafa said, um, E, you've done so much for me. What can I do for your son? You know, and I was like, that's deep. So right. he had this quote, exactly what you said. And the quote was just saying, it's better to have a failure that draws you closer to God than have a blessing that takes you away from him. And so he sent that to my son. I was like, man, powerful. He was like, yo, I want to show you something. Your son replied and said, do you pray? And he was like, well, actually, yeah, I do. He said, do you pray three times a day? He said, I didn't want to brag. He said, but I'm a Muslim. I pray five times a day. Right. I was like, you should have told me you pray five times a day. And he said, um, he said, you think I should respond? I said, yeah, you should respond. And not only respond, help him to understand how to pray. You right. know, and he was like, bet, I got it. You've done so much for me that I can do that. But he saw just sending something to my son as valuable. Right. I think a lot of people, when they come in your sphere, they feel like if I'm not making six figures, if I don't live in a certain neighborhood, drive a certain car, I have nothing to offer. And I promise you, if you are 18, 17, whatever, you have something to offer. You can tell kindergartners not what not to do, middle school kids what not to do, high school kids what not to do. And so I want to just make sure that I, I make that point that humans need to realize that you don't have to have money or degrees to add value, your experience and your personal gift could be a could be a value to somebody. Yeah, back to relationships. When you when you think about what that means, you know, because we talked about what it means to be in a yeah. to be have a good relationship. Yeah. But I think understanding the importance of who you surround yourself with. Absolutely. Uh, so a program I started at the University of Cincinnati when I went into engineering. It's called the Emerging Ethnic Engineers one of the better uh, programs in the country for graduating African-Americans. And part of it is because they, because we would take the summer before you start school, which I didn't want to do, but my parents said you better do it, <laughs> right? Take that 12 weeks before you even start school uh, to go through like a, a boot camp okay. where you work together. Okay. And one of the things that I remember coming out of that is they, they would say, look, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Mm -hmm. Who you surround yourself with Absolutely. will have more to do with your success than almost anything else. Absolutely. How do you go about choosing your friends? And how do you go about, more, more importantly, the second follow-up is getting rid of those kind of toxic people. It's hard for people to understand that, you know, people that may be your cousins, your boy, they're not adding value. Yeah. And they're actually taking you in the wrong direction. Yeah. But I find people find it very hard to want to, to get rid of those people in their life. Advise people on that. How do you do that? Because that seems it, yeah, it you're is. hard. That's, yeah, that seems hard, hard to do. It, it seems is. like you can say it's easy, but it yeah, seems hard. It's hard. It is. But here's what I would say. You 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 want to establish relationships with people who can help you to the extent that you can help yourself. All right. And I, I'm gonna say this. The thing that I have the thing I've admired about CJ more than anything is that CJ literally has made my vision his vision. Like it's the craziest thing. So from the time I met CJ, like literally, he would listen to my Who's message. Who's CJ? Some people know. I don't oh, know I'm sorry. Uh, CJ is the the CEO, the president, the CFO, whatever, the decision maker. He's everything for uh, ETA, right? He, he's I call him the Quincy Jones. I'm the Michael Jackson. Right. 
And um, it's weird, but when I met CJ, CJ literally would listen to every message I would do every day. So when he goes to work out, he doesn't listen to music. He's like listening to my messages and taking my messages and saying, okay, we're gonna do mixtapes, we're gonna do books, we're gonna do content. So it's like, he's listening to my stuff every day. So I remember when I met him, he was the first person that said, I'm gonna turn you into a household name. Like, he was the first person I met that didn't say, okay, you know, how can you help me? Like, you know, what are you gonna do for me financially? Like, how are you gonna help my career? Which is nothing wrong with that. If somebody's giving right, me 40, no. 50 hours a week, yeah. it should be, what are you gonna, but he was like, nope, he had four job opportunities. He didn't take any of them. Told his mom, who paid for him to go to school, and his dad, like, yo, his dad's always been a fan of mine. But mom was like, yo, you got a job office. He's like, I'm not taking those. Right. My job is to cover Eric and help Eric vision. It's to help him to be the number one motivational speaker in the world. Yeah. Right? So watch this. All those years, he did it. He made it happen. His new goal now is, I'm going to make you a billionaire because you need money to do the work that you're doing. So the reason why this relationship is so important to me because it's almost like my interest and my vision and my goal, like God given goal, is for him to make that goal become a reality. Like you, right. you can't you can't leave a person that's helping you. And so the opposite is true. Most people aren't successful because the people that they're with, it's like MC Hammer. He took care of like 50, 60 people he employed. Yeah. And that wasn't the problem. The problem was they couldn't do anything for him. Yep. So so they end up actually taking everything and not having anything to put back. So when I look at relationships, like my wife, I look at people who have a, their intention is to take you and help elevate you. Like those yep. are the relationships that you're being. Now those other toxic relationships, they're toxic because they're constantly withdrawn and they, they put absolutely nothing in. Right. So I would just say, if you love yourself, then you've got to say this is detrimental. Like this is killing me. And and before I got before my next question or statement, I wanted to support that. Um, I had a guy on the way down here. He's like, he's texting me. He's like, where are you going? I was like, I'm going to New Orleans. He's like, why? I'm like, I'm going to see Eric Thomas. I'm in this mastermind group. Blah blah blah. He's like, he's like, really? He's like, you really think that's worth it? Mm -hmm. And so I had to pick up the phone and call him. And this is a testament uh, to to you and the question you just asked about the people that you're around. Um, I asked my wife um, oh, about a year and a half, almost two years ago now, on Super Bowl Sunday. I was like, man, this guy Eric Thomas is coming to town. I was like, you think I should go? It's Super Bowl Sunday. She was like, go. And then I was like, I see there's a VIP ticket. And um, I was like, it's $1,000, man. You know, I'm not really, I'm not really right, right where I need to be to spend $1,000. She was like, you think it's going to be worth it to spend $1,000 for the VIP? The VIP took me to a dinner after that, which is where I met you. And then I joined the group. Uh, by joining this group, I got put around these people in this group who have really, by just like what you said, brought a lot of value, uh, you know, and we've been able to share our values with yeah. each other. Um, so initially questioning that investment, I don't need more because through the last year and a half, I've met all these mm -hmm. people who have plugged all these holes and doubts and business and life and family and all this different stuff, which goes exactly to what you're saying, which is the people that you're around. So now these are the people that I'm calling. These are the people when I'm going out of town having dinners with these guys and my business has gone straight up. My yep. relationship has gone straight up. My family stuff has gone straight up. And now the people who are like calling me like, hey, can you hang out? Can you do this? Can you do that? Those people that you're talking about as well, I can't, man. I can't. Yeah. Because because I see the value of being around these people and what actually happens when you really just decide to, to surround yourself with a certain group. Yeah. Right. And so it's completely true, man. And uh, 
And so to that guy's question, I was like, hell yeah, bro. Yeah. Look at, yeah, I was like, what do you think? I was like, yeah. five years, five locations, bro. When I started this thing, I had one, dude, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so every time I come back and report, it's higher and higher, and that's because of the people that we're surrounding ourselves with. Absolutely, well. absolutely, um, bro. So yeah, completely. Uh, yeah. Question for you also as a, as a man of God, and yeah. these are personal questions for yeah. me that uh, uh, come from places that I'm experiencing right now. Uh, as a man of God, I wanna know if you believe in karma, and the reason I ask that is yeah. because um, as you're climbing the ladder of success, I'm sure you've experienced this. The, the closer you get to your goal, it's like people come out the woodworks, yeah. man. I'm crazy yeah. stuff, evil yeah. things that you just yeah. can't imagine, people with bad intentions. Yeah. And while you have those good intentions, um, especially when you know that you're waking up and acting in good intentions yeah. every day, the first thing, personally, being a person that's, you know, used to react in a certain way you want to strike back yeah. you want to do something yeah. you want to respond you want to go punch them in the face or, or, yeah. or worse yeah. and i've noticed um through a lot of counseling you know from parents friends family partners and stuff uh i've been told many many times do not react yeah. do not say anything yeah. just keep on doing what yeah, you're absolutely. doing and i didn't believe them at first yeah. and i've seen the craziest things over the last four or five years of people who have acted in, in yeah. bad intentions yeah. evil things yeah. uh it's like, man, it's like there's literally somebody like pushing them out the way. Yeah. And so I know people call that karma, yeah. but I also know that that's not necessarily a biblical thing. So as a man of God, I want to know what you think about that. Oh, yeah. And I want to know how, like, how have you experienced that? If you can give an example of oh, yeah. something that just shouldn't have happened, like uh, someone that was in your life really just trying to take you out and, yeah. and, and, and how that works out. Yeah, so, so, and it's semantics. You know, people say karma. Yeah. You know, you read what you sow. Yeah, you read what you sow. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So um, do I believe in it? Absolutely. Um, is it challenging to live that principle absolutely but i think it's challenging when you first start doing it because you're young but after you do it for a while you understand look i gotta stay focused you know and i can't allow what other people do to affect me like at the end of the day that's really what it is it's, it's i think about dennis rodman like i felt like a big part of dennis rodman's success was getting under people's skin. Yep. Like he intentionally would try to get up under your skin because he knew as a human, you're gonna react. And if I can get you to react, I'm not trying to get you to react for the sake of getting you to react. If I can get you to react, then you're not gonna play at your mm -hmm. highest level. That's mm -hmm. what I'm trying to do. Because emotions cloud That's reason. it, that's what I'm trying to do. Yep. So I'm, if mm -hmm. I can get on your nerves, you're not gonna score, mm -hmm. you're not gonna score like you normally yep. score. Mm -hmm. So I don't want you to be in your natural, authentic mm -hmm. self. I wanna throw you mm -hmm. off and get you to adapt because I already know you powerful, so I can't stop your power, but if I can get you to adapt, I can get you to self-sabotage. Yep. So for me, it's like, bro, I'm not dumb. I see what you're trying to do. You're trying yep. to get me off my game because you know if I'm in my game, you can't stop me. You know what I'm saying? And, and so for me, it's like, E, you gotta stay focused. Yep. And not focused in terms of evil. You gotta stay focused, period. You can't let good be a distraction. Because right. a lot of people look at evil as a distraction, but sometimes good is a distraction. And I look at Tom Brady, and I was like, you know, I was saying it this morning. I was like, you know what's so crazy about Tom Brady? And and Cam is my dude. And I'm like, I gotta get, I gotta reach out to Cam and talk to Cam. But I'm like, one of the things I noticed <laughs> about Tom Brady, forget the whole like not doing crazy stuff. Tom Brady don't even do a lot of commercials and stuff, I noticed. Right. Like, he don't do movies. He don't do nothing right. but football. Right. That's the only thing he does is football. And he's been one of the most successful ones. Even Manning had football. Peyton had commercials, I mean. Right. He's doing commercials and stuff. Tom Brady, as successful as he is, bro, he should be doing way more commercials, uh, way more, like, advertising for stuff. He should be in movies. 
what is he doing? He's staying focused right. on yeah. football. And and, and as, once he blow up on football and retire, I'm sure he'll be able to do whatever he wants. Exactly. So for me, what I'm learning is, no, and, and, and one of my biggest uh, situations, we talk about Michigan State University, I had a supervisor that came in that literally sabotaged us. Like literally, I came yeah. in her office one day, can I come talk to you? I was like, yeah, I went in. She literally had, um, I don't know what you call it, internal revenue or whatever. And they was trying to really go after yeah. us. We got a, one of our ladies got fired, who was about to retire from Michigan State. Lord bless, she ended up getting into another department. Uh, it was just ugly. They brought in the police. It was ugly. And I, you know, I was killing the game in terms of helping students. And I remember CJ was like, yo, E, I can't believe this. Like, I was like, look, stay focused, guys. Stay the course. And guess what? We are killing it. Yeah. And we are still doing the program we did in Michigan State. Wow. So, so, so no, we're not at Michigan State anymore, but that program we did, we're on our 15th year, and guess what? We got more people coming, like people come from the world now to come to that program every Monday at Michigan State University. So I didn't lose anything, became number one in the world. Um, she sees me uh, every blue moon, <laughs> I see her. Right. And what's so funny is, the people who try to destroy me have to still see me at the university. Yep. They, when I do the trainings, they have to come to the trainings. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yep. it's like what What's the word, what, yeah, what the word says, yep. in the presence Since. of thy enemies. So I wanted to leave. I'm like, at least yep. I, let me get from around them. And he was like, mm -mm. they need to see your success because yep. they try to destroy you. They need to see what I'm doing on your behalf. So yeah, I do believe in that. Yep. So yeah. so 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 final kind of want to wrap up and get to some final questions. With that, I want to say one really quick, Carlton. It's also important to know your triggers because yeah. people like you know yeah. the thing is you can't control nobody else, and so there are things that trigger you, and you might have some bad habits, yeah. some bad routines that yeah. you got to figure out what that is and replace yeah. them because that's going to continue to try to expose you. Absolutely. In so absolutely. Uh, you know, final final kind of questions. I have some rapid fire questions. You have a committee of three. Yeah. Um, living or dead that advises you who are those three people and why and so you don't mean like literally like because i said cj so you just like talk about people right. that i'm not okay so i'm saying martin luther king yeah uh, because he was able to stay focused in the midst of adversity mother Teresa, uh, because she's just as powerful as the pope and as a nun you shouldn't be right right as a nun you shouldn't have that type of power uh, and then I've had a chance to sit with Warren Buffett, but really one-on-one, -on -one, sit down with Warren Buffett from a financial standpoint and really learn some, some so where I am now, I, I'm in business now, I'd have some questions for him now that I'm in business. Okay, what's an important truth you have that very few, very few people agree with you on? Um, we talked about it earlier, being your authentic self, you know, and, and knowing that if you are somebody else, you couldn't be you couldn't be as good being somebody else as you can being yourself. So even though being you could possibly be going, uh, you'd be called a rebel, being your authentic self is way more important than being what somebody else wants you to be. Right. Final question. Uh, you got a billboard or a Google yeah. ad, I guess now, since yeah. we're gonna keep it, keep it current, that says your theme in life, or yeah. whatever, what is that? What is that? You owe you, you owe you. Yeah. You owe you take full ownership of your life. You owe you. Nobody else owes you. Nobody else is going to love you like you love you. Nobody else is going to support you like you support yeah. you. You owe you. So whatever you want in life, you Superman is not coming. Nope. Superman is not coming. You going you going to have to be your own Superman. I used to wait for my biological father to come. He's like he ain't coming. You going to have to be your own superhero. Of course, God is your father and he's going to support you, but God is not going to do the work for you. You know, he's going to support you and give you the strength, but he's not going to climb the mountain for you. 
but yeah. he will give you the strength to come. So you owe you. Yeah. yeah. Eric Thomas. One last question, real quick. Real quick. Real quick. I, just coming from a wellness perspective, I see you on the go all the time. Yeah. I want to know what your forever young is, meaning what is your thing that you do every day that if you could tell anybody to do this, that's going to keep you working like you're doing right now, being effective and passionate for as long as possible for the rest of your life. What is your forever young? Rest, man. <laughs> rest. You know, and I'm not just talking about, you know, as a as a seven-day Adventist, a Sabbath keeper. You know, we work six days, we rest on the seventh. I work six weeks, take off the seventh week, but rest. Like literally, like not rest just mean go to bed, but be at peace. You know, however much money you're making, be content. Whatever your little crew is, be content. Like stop focusing on always what's next. And I'm making a hundred thousand, now I need to make two hundred thousand. Or I got a master's degree, I need a PhD, or I got a law degree, I need to pass the bars. It's like relax. Relax. Enjoy what you have. Relax. Rest. And not just rest. And I do physically rest. I go to bed early, wake up early, but I physically rest, but just mentally and emotionally, just rest, relax. It's not as deep as you making it. Don't be fussing and fighting, going to relax. It's gonna work itself out. Don't stress yourself out. And I just believe stress is one of the highest causes of, of death and illnesses. I just saw a study the other day that says people who don't forgive, have a higher immune deficiency challenge. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, so when you don't forgive people, Sorry, it actually shuts down your immune system. Wow. wow. You know what I'm saying? So I'm saying relax, rest, chill out. Wow. Amen. You heard that from Eric Thomas. Disruption now. Pleasure to have you, and we'll see you next time. Appreciate all having right, you all. Thank you. Thank all you. Right, appreciate y'all, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.